0: Welcome to WFUV's What's What? It's Wednesday, February 14th. What's What? is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news and hot topic issues in the New York tri-state area and includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm Christina Lulich and I'm Caroline Ely. And here's What's What? near you. Democrat Tom Swasey won the election for a seat in the United States House of Representatives. He defeated Republican Mozzie Pillip for the position in New York's 3rd Congressional District. Republican George Santos held the seat before he was expelled from Congress. Swazi's win marks his return to Congress. He relinquished his seat in 2022 to run for governor against Kathy Hochul. The 3rd Congressional District covers the neighborhoods of Little Neck, Whitestone, Glen Oaks, Floral Park, and Queens Village in Queens. It also includes large areas of Long Island's Nassau County. Swazi had nearly 54 percent of the vote. He beat Pillip by more than 13,000 votes in the politically mixed district. Thousands of rideshare workers are participating in a Valentine's Day strike to demand better pay and benefits. The drivers plan to park their cars and picket at major U.S. airports in cities such as Chicago, Philadelphia, Miami, and Newark. There will even be protests in the United Kingdom. The group organizing the effort, Justice for App Workers, represents over 130,000 ride-hailing and delivery workers. These drivers are seeking higher wages, access to health care, and an appeals process to prevent sudden deactivation by companies. While Uber and Lyft have not commented on the potential impact of the protest, these strikes draw inspiration from last year's successful strikes at U.S. automakers. They resulted in more lucrative contracts for their unionized workers. The Community Food Bank of New Jersey is currently working to fight food insecurity across the state. And as WFUV's Sarah Morales reports, the food bank hopes to expand its mission with a new box truck.
1: The Community Food Bank of New Jersey is celebrating the expansion of its vehicle fleet with a new 26-foot box truck. Elizabeth McCarthy is the organization's president and CEO. She says the generous donation will help the food bank deliver on its mission for the community.
2: There's been a real shift over the past few years to be able to get people much more produce and protein. And obviously, if we're transporting things like proteins, um, we want to have refrigerated trucks doing it for food safety purposes. Uh, So really enables us to be to have kind of a better distribution system to get food to our partners. The food
1: bank will continue to work closely with soup kitchens, food pantries and emergency shelters. They say they hope this expansion will allow smoother operations and lead to more agency partnerships. I'm Sarah Morales, WFUV News.
0: Another Sesame Street character has sparked conversation between many users on X, formerly known as Twitter. The furry blue Muppet Grover is best known for having different jobs since he arrived to Sesame Street in 1970. Grover announced that he added journalists to his long list of professions on X. The tweet says, as a news reporter, I always do my research before I break a story. I am confident to report that you are so special and amazing. While the tweet didn't spark as much controversy as when Elmo tweeted asking everyone how they were doing, it did get a lot of responses from journalists. They thanked him for his hard work and welcomed him to the industry. But other journalists responded with some dark humor, tweeting about how Grover was part of the latest round of newsroom cuts. It shed some light on the problems with the journalism industry. Roughly 3,000 journalism jobs were cut in 2023 and media companies made over 20,000 cuts overall. That's according to a report by the executive outplacement firm Challenger, Gray and Christmas. People are celebrating Valentine's Day all across the world. Here in New York, some couples are headed to Times Square for the annual Valentine Heart Exhibit. It's the 11th year of the event. In 2009, the celebration kicked off by showcasing a giant heart sculpture in Duffy Square. Every year, there's a competition that determines what sculpture will be featured. This year's winner was an 18-foot-tall X on 46th Street and Broadway. It'll be on display until the end of the month. Once the first sculpture was showcased, Times Square Alliance staffers noticed people kissing and proposing in front of it. Newlyweds even joined in on the fun by taking wedding portraits on the ruby-red stairs next to the heart. In 2012, the event was expanded and selected couples were offered a Times Square wedding where some of the expenses would be covered by the Times Square Alliance. According to the Alliance, 33 couples have been married in Times Square since its Valentine's Day sculpture exhibit event began. And since we're talking about celebrating love on Valentine's Day, let's highlight some of Billboard's top 50 love songs. The list ranges from 50s ballads to songs you'd hear in the club. And the list featured artists like Janet Jackson, Stevie Wonder, and Beyonce. Billboard ranked Endless Love by Diana Ross and Lionel Richie at number one. It was at the top of the charts for nine weeks in 1981.
2: You will always
0: be my endless love. Boys to Men's I'll Make Love to You was runner-up, and third place went to How Deep Is Your Love by the Bee Gees. The Alliance for Positive Change is dedicated to helping those suffering with HIV, AIDS, and other chronic conditions. But at the Lower East Side Harm Reduction Center, they work to help those currently using drugs. WFUV's Isabel Danzas sits down with the organization's harm reduction manager, Joelle Turan, about the organization's work. Could you kind of briefly describe what the Harm Reduction Alliance does?
2: Yeah, so at the uh, Lower East Side Harm Reduction Center, we really focused on providing harm reduction tools and education resources to the community. Um, Alliance for Positive Change has six different sites and, you know, our main demographic or the participants that we serve are people living with or affected by HIV and other chronic illnesses. Um, But at the Lower East Side, we primarily focus on people who are currently using.
1: Okay. And then why is um, taking harm reduction tactics a productive way to kind of uh, uh, help people who are affected or are currently experiencing addiction?
2: I mean, I think, like, honestly, the the biggest thing with harm reduction is, like, we're just trying to make sure people stay alive. Like, that's, like, our main goal. And, you know, we're letting individuals identify the resources or the help that they need.
1: Why is um, the Alliance for Positive Change important? And why is that goal important?
2: We kicked off right in, like, the HIV crisis. And it was, like, meant to really just, like, focus on the resources needed at that time. And then, you know, a crisis that is still, you know, affecting us and, you know, like tearing apart is our community is like, specifically this like opioid crisis. With harm reduction, we're putting the right tools and the right resources in people's hands. So that's naloxone training, um, proper testing strips, education.
1: How does your work kind of affect the surrounding community? So maybe people that aren't using your services, but just, you know, are in the New York community.
2: So, you know, like we believe like educating people on harm reduction comes very early. Um, Often we'll get reached out by high schools, um, colleges, you know, people that want to either volunteer. So with a lot of the street um, outreach that we do and the engagement with participants, we're also engaging with, you know, people that are like just sitting in a park enjoying their lunch, people that are just like your average New Yorkers on a subway train. We want to put Naloxone and Narcan kits in a, in as many hands as possible because you never know when you're going to need to save a life. Could
1: you maybe um explain or use an example of a story um from your time um with the organization that you feel like really exemplifies the type of work that you guys do?
2: You know, when it comes to harm reduction, people you know will stigmatize people who use drugs and. Like, you know, just use examples or opinions of like, you know, they don't want to get help or they don't, they're not trying to stop. And, you know, I've had firsthand, you know, like in addition to managing one of the programs at the Lower East Side, I have my own caseload. So I've been able to see people that I've engaged with right off the street that are, you know, homeless and don't have much hope left. And then when we think about the services that we connect them to, and then, you know, we show them that there is a place where they can come. We have drop-in services. So it's like place that they can come, hang out, get some food, get some water, and kind of just like reignite that human experience in them again.
1: What would you say to people who maybe don't understand why harm reduction is a good way to go about um, helping people who ha- are suffering with addiction?
2: I think a lot of it comes down to just trying to understand the point of view of the individual in need. You know, when we look at people who are seeking treatment for cancer, people who are seeking treatment for other chronic conditions, um, you know, everyone's always very empathetic. But when you look at people who are seeking treatment for substance use, it's probably the most, like the community that's affected the most, where like they don't receive a lot of empathy, they don't really uh, receive a lot of encouragement. It's organizations like ours that try to like close that gap to show people that, you know, we believe in you.
0: That was WFUV's Isabel Danzis speaking with Joelle Teran about the importance of harm reduction tactics in battling addiction. It's part of our ongoing Shrike Accord public service campaign, highlighting New York City-based organizations responding to the opioid epidemic. And that's our show for today. But check back with us tomorrow around three o'clock for the latest news, exclusive interviews, and feature stories from FUV. And as always, you can find more from us at WFUVnews.org and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'm Christina Lulich. And I'm Caroline Ely, and that's What's What.